Reverend Charlotte, God bless you. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. First Chronicles. Amen. We're going to go to chapter number 10. And Holy Spirit, help me to get through the lesson with my African preaching self. Amen, somebody. Hallelujah. First Chronicles chapter number 10. And we're going to begin reading at the first verse. And we're going to go down until I get tired of reading. Amen, somebody. It says, now the Philistines fought against Israel. And the men of Israel fled from before the Philistines and fell down slain in the Mount Gilboa. And the Philistines followed hard after Saul and after his sons. And the Philistines slew Jonathan and Abinadab and Malchesua, the sons of Saul. And the battle went sore against Saul. And the archers hit him, and he was wounded of the archers. Then said Saul to his armor bearer, draw thy sword and thrust me through therewith, lest these uncircumcised come and abuse me. But his armor bearer would not. Somebody say his armor bearer would not. Mm, certain things armor bearer won't do. Amen, somebody. But that's not the lesson tonight. For he was so afraid, so Saul took a sword and fell upon it. And when his armor bearer saw that Saul was dead, he fell likewise on the sword and died. So Saul died and his three sons and all his house died together. His whole house died together. And when all the men of Israel that were in the valley saw that they fled and that Saul and his sons were dead, then they forsook their cities and fled, and the Philistines came and dwelt in them. And it came to pass on the morrow, when the Philistines came to strip the slain, that they found Saul and his sons fallen in Mount Gilboa. And when they had stripped him, they took his head and his armor and sent into the land of the Philistines round about to carry tidings unto their idols and unto the people. And they put his armor in the house of their gods and fastened his head in the temple of Dagon. And when all Jabesh Gilead heard all the Philistines had done to Saul, they arose, all the valiant men, and took away the body of Saul and the bodies of his son and brought them to Jabesh and buried their bones under the oak in Jabesh and fasted seven days. Somebody say honor. honor. So Saul died for his transgression, which he committed against the Lord, even against the word of the Lord, which he kept not. And also for asking counsel of one that had a familiar spirit to inquire of it. Oh, come on, it's getting intense in this story. You don't need TV, just read your Bible. Amen, somebody. And inquired not of the Lord, therefore he slew him and turned the kingdom into David, the son of Jesse. Or he shifted the kingdom. Somebody say he shifted the kingdom. He shifted the entire kingdom unto David, the son of Jesse. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. For a lesson titled tonight, Shifters of the Kingdom. Shifters. Those that are in alignment to shift the kingdom. 
shifting things, my friends, that carry eternal weight and value. It's one thing to shift, but what are you shifting? Come on, somebody. We all have personal shifts in our lives from season to season. I had to shift from mama mode to empty nest mode. It's a shift. My nest so empty, the dog went to college with my daughter. <laughs> Say amen, somebody. And I wasn't quite that shifted because I would go outside and hurt him, close the door, forgetting he wasn't in the house. He'll run outside. I said, wait a minute, Prince is not even here. I need to shift thoroughly. I'm in a new place with a new grace and a new season. We tonight are shifters of the kingdom. I'm decreeing that over your life. That you are a shifter of kingdom things. I need for you to be aware of who you are, what's in you, what you're carrying, and what impact you were designed to make in your generation. You are a shifter in the kingdom of God. Now this is the story, tragically, of the death of a leader or an era. That is so sad because had he yielded to God, that would not have been his narrative. Saul represents darkness. He represents pride, self, self-willedness, and disobedience, and so many other things. David represents light, humility, honor, Worship, purpose. He is the set man for this shift. Now, some of you are better Sunday school teachers than I am. You couldn't be that little dirty thing out in the field. But the prophet anointed him and put a word on his life. And he didn't know that he was going to be called to be a shifter of a kingdom, a major kingdom that has its roots that travel back hundreds of years. Even in Abraham's day, as we follow the lineage, we see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and how we traveled on down to the book of Ruth, where Ruth marries into that lineage. Hallelujah. Then she has a son named Obed. He has a son named Jesse. And Jesse has a son named David. And if you read the book of Matthew chapter 1, you'll see how David goes all the way down to Jesus. That's why Christ is called the son of David. Say amen, somebody. Hallelujah. So David has prophecy on his life. And so now he comes into a chaotic scene. A nation that has been turned away from God. A nation that is not yielded to the vision, the mission of what God intended. See, in Genesis 1, God had an intention. It was God's original intent for man to worship, to serve him, and to follow him all the days of their life. And as man grows and as man becomes self-willed, they stray away from God's kingdom plans. 
So God has a way of raising up people to shift things that are stagnated or things that are in error. This kingdom was in great error because there was a leader who, not only was he an imperfect leader, because all leaders are imperfect. David was imperfect, but he still was called a man after God's own heart. The difference between David and Saul is this. David, although we know his story, he committed adultery, he committed murder, he was a very slick character. Lots of sin attached to David's life. But the thing that David never did was to turn his face from the God of Israel and to serve idols. Somebody say idols. We live in a day and a time where idolatry is at an all-time high. And if we are to be shifters of the kingdom, we have to respect a new order that will come against the spirit of idolatry. That which turns us from kingdom things and unto things of the world. There are qualities of kingdom shifters I'm going to give you tonight. So you can locate yourself and ask the Lord, what can I do? Or am I shifting? Or am I, well, we'll save that point for later. Amen, somebody. Number one, I told you I'm going to step through this. I'm going to step through the lesson and we'll preach later. Amen, somebody. Amen. Qualities of kingdom shifters that will take wherever we are now in our nation, in our ministry, in our life, in our family, whatever area needs shifting. Listen, there has to be some qualities that you must embrace as a kingdom shifter or a local church shifter. We can bring it home. Because the local church is a base. Now, I'm a prior service person. Say happy Veterans Day to me. Every time you, it's Veterans Day, I want my props. Amen, somebody. I want, all, I want all my perks, my props, my free insurance, everything. Amen, somebody. The Lord sent me to the military to learn ministry. Didn't know that. The types and shadows are phenomenal. The parallels are astounding. And the thing about the ministry of Jesus Christ that parallels the army is that the military has a certain way of producing greatness to serve their nation. Say amen, somebody. There are certain qualities of a soldier. For us to trust you on the battlefield, we have to make sure that there are certain things on the inside of you that we can trust. So I got in trouble. I got little trouble. I didn't get in big trouble. I wasn't out doing bad stuff. But I would do things like wear a pink lipstick with a green uniform, and they said you couldn't do that. I would do stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? You know, shave off one side of my hair, have a little real long, and you don't like, you say, you don't look like no soldier. They would tell me all the time. I said, looks are deceiving, because I'm an assassin for Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. There are qualities of a soldier in man's army, and then there are qualities of soldiers in God's army. So the assumption is that we want to get something done. That we have a vision, we have a calling, there are things we got to get done. So we got to make sure that our soldiers, amen, somebody, 
that are stationed here at this base. The military has bases. Tabernacle of Praise is akin to a base. Fort Carson, Fort Bragg, you know, Andrews Air Force Base. Everyone has a base of operation, listen to me, where you train the troops and you can launch the troops or assign the troops to various parts of the world, go ye into all the world, but we're not going to send you around the world unless we train you. So, so I went to basic training, and I hate the flunk. I, I don't like to fail anything. I'm not going to lose. You may catch me off, but I'm not going to lose. So I made it a point. I said, I'm going to graduate basic training. With my cutesy self, I'm going to graduate. With all the dumb stuff I did, I'm going to graduate. Because let it not be said that I can't be entrusted with even a, a meager assignment. So I was, went through the training and graduated. Then they assign you somewhere. Yeah, based upon your training. And then based upon the fact that you can graduate that training and qualify. We're not going to put you in this particular role if you didn't pass the test. Come on, somebody. So now I couldn't go to the infantry because I flunked the M16 test. Amen, somebody. Right? Couldn't shoot worth nothing. I thought I was sweet, too. I would get down on the ground, prone position, scared out of my mind. But I went into the medical area. Christ the healer. Hallelujah. Isn't he worthy? We can assign you to the medical center. We're going to train you for that. Now, we don't need you wandering over into the infantry people's business. Talk back to me tonight. That's the problem. With, we need for you to learn how to run these specimens. Come on, somebody. How to read these medical reports. We need for you to be proficient in what's assigned to you so that we need for you to deliver. You can deliver. So I recall, I got so serious about my role. I was 92B, which is a medical lab tech. And I was so serious about that role. And this was the 80s, in the 80s. Now, HIV was not something you talked about back then. It wasn't, it wasn't really respected. So, but the Holy Ghost, and I didn't even have the Holy Ghost, but I knew it was him. He told me, he said, wear your gloves. He said, wear your gloves. He began to teach me about the science of bacteria. Amen, somebody. He said, wear gloves every time. They were all doing stuff without gloves. I wanted to be proficient in what I was called to do. Are you hearing me? God places born-again Christians, oh, hallelujah, in local assemblies. Y'all better hear this point tonight. Because there's so many out of purpose today, it's ridiculous in the church. Many troops have left the base. They are AWOL. In the military, you can't just up and just disappear. If you got 30 days to leave, we want you back on day 30. Not day 31, 32. You got to be back on post or you are AWOL. We need you in your position because you are a part of a big picture. Talk back to me today. So we're going to give you some qualities of these kingdom shifters who are stationed at T.O.P who are stationed at Empowerment Center, 
who are stationed at Bedside Baptist, wherever you stationed at. Amen, somebody. Living Room Presbyterian. Amen, somebody. We got a job for you, too. Send your money. If you're going to stay home and least send us some money, do something. Talk back to me tonight. Don't stop me meddling real early now. If you're going to miss church, at least cash app, give the five, text to give, do something. But you done set your rusty tail at home, ain't been to church in a month and a Sunday, and the minute you get sick, you want everybody to drop everything and come visit you. Oh, I'm meddling at T.O.P. tonight. Talk back to me. Everybody got a role they can play. Everybody. Nobody gets off. Hallelujah. If there's no excuse, well, my leg was hurt and I couldn't go to the mailbox, honey, just get your phone because you're on your phone all day anyway. You on Facebook, Instagram, come on, somebody, Snapchatting, this chat, that chat. You on every social media outlet. Give your tithes and pay your offerings if you're going to be a part of this army. There's a role for everybody. I said there is a role for everybody. Yeah. And there were high-level jobs. Then there were jobs they just pretty much cleaned up. There was some that just sat at a desk. They called them admin associates or assistants. Easy jobs. But then you got these guys climbing in tanks, doing tactical exercises, serious stuff. You got these airborne rangers jumping out of planes, risking their lives. But everyone has a role because guess what? Mr. Airborne Ranger, he needs the admin girl at the desk. She better answer them doggone phones. Say amen, somebody. We, we need you on your post. You don't compare yourself with anybody else. You get on your post because your job is helping to shift the kingdom. So you got to get your eyes off of other people. And be thankful for what you called to do and give God glory. So let me give you some qualities. And I'm getting these qualities right out of this first. I'm going to go to chapter 12. Let's go jump over to chapter 12. Jump to chapter 12. Jump right on over to chapter 12. I just set you up a little bit. Hallelujah. To tell you the backdrop of the story. Why is there now a need for a kingdom shift? Because Saul is in sin. Saul don't qualify. Titles don't qualify you. Character does. Talk back to me. And so now in chapter 12, David, where in chapter 11, he was anointed king and all that good stuff. We won't go through all that, but I want to get you these qualities. In chapter 12, we see now David recognizes there is a kingdom shift. The nation was under a leader that consulted witches. Now the leader now is a worshiper and a mighty warrior. He recognizes that this is a whole entire kingdom that's dropped in my lap. How am I going to fulfill this mandate? So in chapter 12, this is a treasury of scripture. I mean, masterpiece writings. We praise God for, amen, his scriptures and, and the word that's made flesh among us. Hallelujah. And so in chapter 12, it says this. Uh, the first point is this. 
Kingdom shifters must be trustworthy, sincere, safe, and refuse to betray. Trustworthy. If you're going to help to shift the kingdom, we need to be sure that you won't betray us. Treason and betrayal in the military is a high crime. High crime. You can lose your life for that. Why do we expect less of Christians? The Bible is our blueprint. The assumption is we all want the same thing, which is to glorify God and to build his kingdom. Kingdom shifters, number one, must be trustworthy. Can we trust you? Here is our vision. Here is our mission. We've laid it out. Can we trust you with it? So in verse number 17, it says, and David went out to meet them. And answered and said unto them, if ye be come peaceably unto me to help me, mine heart shall be knit unto you. But if you come to betray me to my enemies, seeing there is no wrong in my hands, the God of our Father look thereon and rebuke it. And the Spirit came upon Amasi, who was chief of the captains, and he said, Thine are we, David. And on thy side, thou son of Jesse, peace, peace, peace be unto you, and peace be to thine helpers, for thy God helpeth thee. Then David received them and made them captains of the band. David had promotion in mind, but I can't promote you if I can't trust you. Can we trust you? And I'm going to keep it local. Can we trust you? In our local church. Can we trust you to represent us well? Can we trust you to not tear us down behind our backs? Can we trust you to be an integral part of what we're doing? Kingdom shifters must be trustworthy as we handle the Lord's work. Number two. Kingdom shifters must be willing to help where they're needed. They must prioritize the kingdom. They have to be helpers of the work. So in verse 20, for you note takers, you're going to go back and study this later on. It's going to really bless your life if you go and They helped Bishop. They helped First Lady because she holds them up. Ain't no him without her. Amen, somebody. Facts. And they helped them to do what they were designed to do. I love verse 21. And they helped David against the band of the rovers or the thieves and the raiders. For they were all mighty men of valor. These mighty men of valor who were kingdom shifters came to help the mission. Somebody say help. Why do church folk see stuff that needs help and won't lift a finger? You mean you see that piece of gum on the floor? You can't pick it up. 
I recall our first church years ago, was a young preacher. This lady came to me. She said, uh, 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 Pastor Mercy, uh, um, uh, the seats up here is dusty. I said, well, dust them. Come telling me the doggone seats dust. That's my cuss word, doggone, so y'all forgive me. Amen. Well, Pastor Mercy, the seats are dusty. We'll dust the seats. We don't have a dusting committee. You just, as a matter of fact, you go ahead and start the dusting committee, Captain Dust. That's a new committee. That's a wonderful committee. Your role is to dust everything in the church that needs to be dusted. Say amen, somebody. Help. Somebody say help. Kingdom shifters are willing to do what? Help. Well, I ain't called the dust. Well, then you're called to shut up. Amen, somebody. You're called to be quiet. Say amen, somebody. Never complain about that which you tolerate. Kingdom shifters. See, let me tell you what church for like this. Ooh, oh, yeah, we shifting that church. Oh, we, we in a shift conference. Ooh, stretch your hand. Shift. They like to holler. Shift. I'm shifting. Honey, shifting is practical. There is something you must add and something you must do to make this whole big picture come to pass. Come on, somebody. We are working on big global things. Hallelujah. They help. Number three. Kingdom shifters are armed for battle. I said they are armed for battle. Verse 23 says, and these are the numbers of the bands that were armed and ready for war. They were armed and ready for war. Are we praying for our troops? Are you all praying for our troops? Are you praying for our troops? Please pray for our troops. They were released. My heart just went out to them. But on the other hand, they are armed and ready. They've been trained. I regret that they're in harm's way for various reasons. So we send life to our troops in Jesus' name. But if you're going to shift the kingdom, church, you need to be armed and ready for war. And it says, and came to David to Hebron to turn the kingdom of Saul to him according to the word of the Lord. They came with the mission. These mighty men of God, these mighty men of purpose, they all had a mission and a clear and a concise objective. When you're called of God, especially preachers, I'm one. Preachers love a pulpit. Preachers love a stage. But you have to make sure that when God anoints you to preach, that you're very clear on the purpose for which you are preaching. So if I come to, as a guest speaker to Tabernacle of Praise, I am not here to build Pastor Mercy Ministries. I'm not here to build the Empowerment Center at all. Come on, somebody. I'm not going to tag my church on y'all video. <laughs> follow me now. Follow, see, preachers get this thing off. 
preachers love a stage, but they don't understand purpose. See, as I'm a guest speaker, I'm here to strengthen the church. Where did you get that, Pastor? From the Apostle Paul. Whenever Paul traveled, he went to strengthen ministries. Not to build the Apostle Paul Incorporated Ministries. 501c3, 2456789910. Amen, somebody. He came to strengthen. Somebody say strengthen. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Strengthen you so that you can be armed for battle so that when the battle happens, you can make a withdrawal on what Pastor Mercy taught, what Pastor Williams taught, or whoever come behind me or before me. You can make a withdrawal off of them. Be very careful of promoters of self when you are trying to shift something. In-house or out the house. If they believe in your vision, they have a mission to grow the vision, to push the vision, to move the vision, not use the vision as a stepping stone for what they really want to do. Talk back to me. Oh, hallelujah. Arm for battle. I'm stepping through my notes. Y'all working with me? Number four, qualities of kingdom shifters. The kingdom shifters always respect the God said in the vision. What did God say? So in verse 23 at the end it says, they did those things according to the word of the Lord. What was the word? What was prophesied that David would be king, that the whole kingdom would shift from the hand of sin and idolatry to a place of glory and splendor and power and majesty and worship. The new order of worship needed to be ushered into the kingdom. Hallelujah. Praise God. They respected the God said. Number five, we're getting some good stuff now. Every household, number five, in the kingdom must actively participate in the shift. Now, this is what we're going to get in your business. Say amen, somebody. Every household, and as you read, I won't read all these, but if you read verses 25 to 28, it's so powerful. You're going to see the children of Simeon, the children of Levi, Jehoda, Aaronites, Zadok, you're going to see so many families listed in this passage. And the Bible says each of those families participated in the ship. So if you are a member of T.O.P., you are a member of the Empowerment Center, wherever your church is, your family, we expect for the entire family to help us ship. Say that somebody. Now, 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 I don't know how you run your house. But see, this, this is how I run my house. If you're my child, you're under my roof, sucking up my air, drinking my juice, eating my sprouts, amen, somebody, drinking all my teas, heat, air, water, my sheets, my towels, my fork, my knife, my everything. Say amen, somebody. If there's a work going on in the kingdom, you're going to help. So the leaders of the early church households, they took authority over their families. They, they said, listen, everyone under this roof, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to all together as a house move to ship. So 
Why your son can play the drums, but he won't play the drums? Why your daughter got a cleaning company and she never cleaned the church? Oh, I'm meddling. Start the car, Lynn. Start the car. I'm confused. I'm confused. My son plays for Oral Roberts University. He is one of the best guitar players on Oral Roberts campus. He plays on huge stages every week in Oral Roberts. Now, why in the world you going to come home to my house and I got a church and you never touch the guitar in my church? So my son is my guitar player when he's home. Talk back to me. You are not that busy. We're talking about maximum shifting. Come on, somebody. Bishop said maximum impact. We need everybody. See, if we're going to do this the right way, we got to follow the Bible blueprint. To get this thing out of Saul's hand into David's hand, it took everybody. Everybody. Everything breathing had a role. So, see, again, you all that have young families, you've got kids that are still in elementary. You still got time. Now, it's harder when they college age and in, in, in high school and you haven't trained them that way. It's hard to break habits. But from day one, I knew I'm raising up a royal family. We are a kingdom family. We work together. We do things together. Hallelujah. So my second oldest son was just here. He, he works uh, in Tulsa as well, Oklahoma. And he's a genius technology guy. He can wire anything. So when he brings his little hips home, mommy, cook me this, cook me that. I'm the maid and waitress, right? I said, okay, Ross, go tighten up my Facebook Live. Tighten my videos up. Show me how to edit this. So he gives me a whole class when he's here. Oh, he works. He was working right before his flight. Come on, somebody. Y'all hear me that? It takes everyone in the kingdom to maximize the shift because it takes the pressure off the set leader. He can really put his genius where it belongs. He ain't got to be babysitting every little thing in the church because it's already covered. My oldest son is a finance guy. He's all things money. So he's coached me for 2020 how to teach my church about finances. Everybody got to help. Say amen, somebody. My daughter in L.A. is a, is a, a hipster-type person. Shaved off hair, cut off shorts, don't care, whatever, just live free and light. But she's the baddest barista in L.A. County. She's, she has a vision to open her own coffee shop. When she comes home, what does she do? She runs a coffee shop. She runs a tea shop at our church. Everything breathing got to work. I need to change, give you a new paradigm, a new way of looking at ministry. Folk been sitting down on their rusted do-nothing, making excuses, complaining. Come on, somebody. There is something that you can add to the corporate picture. Everybody got something they can do. So here's a hashtag for you. Everybody working. So I have leaders, I have elders and ministers, you know, the whole tier of authority. I said, wait a minute now, there's no one here so deep that you can't grab a broom. I grab brooms. And somebody say, everybody working. Now, do y'all want to shift or not? Let me tell you what it is. I'm going to repeat this point because this is a profound point. When you take the pressure off the man that carries the genius, do you listen to his blogs? Do you, do you really listen to what Bishop is saying? There are not many talking like you, Bishop. 
I can count. Listen, I don't know. I don't know. Well, before I get messy, amen, somebody. We need for him to be mentally freed up. Why don't the process what didn't get done? We got so much help to folk getting on my nerves. You need to go home sometimes. See, we got to get to that level where you are aggravating us because you into everything. You always here because you want to work and work and work. If we're going to shift the vision, shift the kingdom, shift the mandates, everybody working. So it's because of my son that you guys can watch Pastor Mercy Healing School. Because of Ross. Ross taught me how to do it. Everybody work. He lives in Oklahoma. Everybody working. Say amen, somebody. It's quiet in here. Oh, we had convocation. I want to shout and run. I don't want no class, honey. I'm a daughter. I'm here to push this vision, honey. I'm here to push this vision. I'm here to push this vision. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Bishop said, what? Maximum? He used the word maximum. So I watched David's blueprint. David got the max because he used every tribe. Every tribe had their own distinct genius. And one tribe did not compare itself to the other. It recognized what they were good at, and they studied their craft. <laughs> Come on, somebody. They were proficient and good at what they did. So that when it was time to deliver, and God was going to release something major, they were in position. Hallelujah. Every tribe helped. Every household must actively participate in the shift. So you young people, youth, with y'all fly self, with some shoes, they all like Doc Martens. You ain't paid your tithes since Hitler was a corporal. Being a young person does not excuse you from tithing. Everybody helping. Everybody helping. You want to shift the word. And the Lord, as I was praying for this service, and I brought my offering to today, got a checkbook to write. And the Lord said to me, he said, Bishop should never, ever stress, now that he is, because he's a man of faith, he should never, ever stress again for any money for a missions trip. He said he got enough sons and daughters in the kingdom. Come on, somebody, that he should never sweat any kind of money. He should be getting money in his sleep. Come on, somebody. And I got the first $200 check to, to put some money where my mouth is. Say amen, somebody. He said Bishop should never. We're going to shift his money. We're going to shift missionary money. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Because why? if everyone does something, it got quiet on that point. It got quiet. It got, it got too quiet. But see, I'm going to get blessed because of mine, because of my heart. Amen, somebody. You got to shift. If every person, other things, that's within them to do. Hallelujah. Somebody say every household. Say every household. Every household. Every household. Every household must participate in the shift. Amen. 
Amen. Amen. Write down Ephesians 6, 16 and 17. We're in class. You're watching on Facebook Live. Amen. Don't log off because I ain't hollering spitting at you and got no organ. And going, mm-hmm. oh, Lord. I can tune now. Mm-hmm. Oh, Lord, thank you, Jesus. We need a shifting right now, Lord. That's what they want. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Lord. Every household got to participate. That's what you want. We're in class. We're in class. See, see. Ephesians 6, 16 to 17. Write that in your notes. It says, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share. It causes growth of the body For the edifying of itself in love. Notice what it says. That every joint has a supply. And every joint does its work and does its part and does its share. It causes growth. Because when shifts happen, growth occurs. Hallelujah. Every household must actively participate in this shift. Number six. Realize that one monkey does not spoil the show. Say amen, somebody. It's a monkey's in ministry. Come on, somebody. One monkey does not spoil the show. How you know, Pastor? Because the word said it right here, verse 29. It said, and the children of Benjamin, who were kin to Saul, 3,000, for hitherto the greatest part of them had kept the ward of the house of Saul. What is that saying? Only 3,000 from the tribe of Benjamin helped David. The, the majority of them stayed with Saul. But did it stop the vision? One monkey? Let me tell you what you're going to do in this new decade. This is what you got to do. Quit giving life to folk who not here no more. Now, let me tell you something. When I come, I don't know nothing about nobody. I don't talk to nobody. I, whatever is said is just the Holy Ghost. I don't know nothing about nothing. Nobody. I barely know your name. Amen, somebody. Somebody says it's the Holy Ghost. When you have a kingdom mandate, That is judgment work. That have lives and souls at stake. People really go to hell. People are dying unnecessarily. Nations are starving. No clean water, no food, nothing. When you have that type of mandate to move that type of vision, You haven't time for foolishness. If this decade will look different from the last decade, you got to say bye-bye to the past. We are a kingdom. So when a soldier leaves the base, no one chases him. The MPs go get him, which is his, his harvest. He reaps what he sows. 
But the base stays active. Who am I talking to tonight? Not calling about a monkey, but if the monkey left the church, monkey mean you acted up. That's what monkey mean. Not because someone transitioned. Let me qualify that. People transition, move on. Monkeys cut a fool. Monkeys spread gossip. Monkeys sow discord. Monkeys wait to get on Facebook and throw out shots. Come on, somebody. David said one monkey don't spoil the show. One tribe didn't give me enough, but I got a whole other, bunch of other tribes that's going to feed into this vision. We're talking about kingdom shifting. I didn't come to entertain you tonight. Because these are things that 31 years of preaching will get you. 31 years of preaching the gospel. 16 years of pastoring. I've learned some things. I see how this stuff works. It's these simple principles that with those that embrace the principles, they're the ones that we can count on when God gives us an assignment. We're just trying to go to Liberia. Do we have anybody we can count on? We're not doing GoFundMe. We don't have to post our cash at address. We got enough in the kingdom that if you were shifted internally, if you had an internal shift when the assignment happens, it's no question we're going to finance the vision, the mission. Hallelujah. One monkey does not spoil the show. I'm almost done. Number seven. Kingdom shifters, they always have their finger on the pulse of the culture. And they're getting solutions from God. Kingdom shifters. We hear so much talk about millennials. And I have my take on that. I personally do not believe that you have to water down anything to win the next generation. We recognize the warfare they face. I truly believe we should preach a stronger gospel to millennials. Our kids are up against things I never dealt with. So why are you giving me a, a, a lecture? We need Holy Ghost-inspired, Holy Ghost-filled word. Hallelujah. They always have their finger on the pulse of the culture. Our kids are under severe attack. Identity crisis. Drugs going rampant. They, all of them drink. Just about every teenager you meet now has sipped alcohol or will sip. Even tongue-talking ones. Marijuana is like cigarettes. And you want for us to water down the gospel? Somebody said, kingdom shifters. We're going to shift out of demonic activity and shift into deliverance. Hallelujah. Step through your nose, Pastor. I think I will. Hallelujah. Right here in verse number 32, it says, And the children of Issachar, which were men that had understanding of the times, to know what Israel ought to do. They understood the times. They understood that our kids are up against so many demonic forces. 
Our kids are running from church, not because church is too long or church, amen, has too many standards. No. The demons are pulling them into the world. It is not the church's fault. We must up our antes. Paul said, when I came to you, I didn't come with enticing words of men's wisdom. I didn't declare to know anything of myself. I preached Christ and him crucified. He said that your faith would not stand the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. The power of God needs to be released upon our generation and that which will come after us. Somebody said the power of God. Hallelujah. We're in class tonight. If you're going to shift this vision, if you're going to shift your life, if you're going to shift your family, these principles must be applied. And they must be applied with a seriousness. If you want to be where you were the last 10 years, you want to be where you were financially? To experience a money shift. Your outgo cannot exceed your income. You must shift your mentality. You must make changes. Hallelujah for you to see that shift. So it won't be just some religious thing. Oh, we're, yeah, we were in convocation. We were in revival. Prophet so-and-so came, had us all shouting and running and, and hollering, and I shifted. Well, baby, what'd you shift? What did you shift? How do you know you shifted? Give me some points. The Bible said the doers of the word are blessed. What, what practical things have you done in-house, outside, Bishop said, at home, in life, and in ministry, shifting? Come on, somebody. You want your family to get better? What did you do to cause the family shift? When my family went through chaos, I got on my face and fasted 21 days. I didn't eat. I said, we're going to force a shift. Come on, the violent, come on. They take it, why? By force. Somebody says, shifters of the kingdom. We are kingdom shifters. Hallelujah. So it says that they have their finger on the pulse of the culture. And then number eight, kingdom shifters are loyal and they are orderly. Go to verse 33. It says, of Zebulon, such as went forth to battle, they were experts in war with all instruments of war, 50,000, which could keep rank. Stop right there. They could keep rank. So as you see these qualities, you pray that on yourself. Father, I want to see my life shift, my family shift, my money shift, my ministry shift, a career shift, and then the call of God upon my church. I want to see a shift. It says here, Sister McCrimmon, these men could keep rank. So we had a, I had a preach the other night, and so I saw one of my daughters and uh, the pastor of the house was in his office, and she was walking by, and she stopped, and the Holy Ghost had me walk by, and she started chatting him up. I said, get your butt from over here. Get out of the leader's face. I moved her. I said, get. The 
problem is you here, you got gloves on and you're in the leader's face. Get your butt back in the hospitality room. We got dishes to wash. You got to know how to keep rank. Why are you talking to the pastor? Why are you in his face? See, that's the problem. Members got to learn how to keep rank. You're here to serve. You're here to put the chicken out. You're here to put the bread out. Fill up the lemonade jar. Come on, somebody. Get some more tea and water. Somebody said, keep rank. God, oh God, she come with a tight but right word tonight. Somebody said, keep rank. Now see, now see, now see, now see, now see. Apostolic words always uh, disturb, the, 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 disturb the disturbed. Amen, somebody. We talking about getting stuff done. Keep rank. We don't need another bishop. We don't need another first lady. We don't need no more charlatans. God knows she one handful enough. Amen, somebody. That my sister. All that glory, all that anointing, all that prayer. All the somebody said, keep rank. You know the only one can break rank. It's the set leader. So I have to remind my department leaders. I said, I don't care if you have a rehearsal, the meeting. I can show up anytime I want, say what I want. I can shut the whole meeting down. I can shut the whole thing down and send everybody home. Somebody said, keep rank. Oh, we got to know who we are in the kingdom. See, folk don't like to see. Order is what's going to shift this thing. So it's not just another seminar, another service. My God, we're going to take some principles and apply it. We're going to walk orderly. Said these men were honorable. Why? Because they knew how to keep rank. They knew their lane. She chatting the pastor. Okay, you don't chat no leader up when you serving. No, 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 no. You are here. Stay on your post. See, 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 the distractions come to get believers out of their anointing. to wrap it up in a minute now. We're about to go home. When your nose is everywhere, it's not supposed to be. You are skipping steps. Lord have mercy. You are missing valuable points that you could be fulfilling. But because you're so worried about what I'm doing and what they're doing, your stuff is so jacked up, honey. Come on, somebody. It's raggedy like sauerkraut. Amen, somebody. Oh, I'm preaching better. Y'all said amen. We're doing surgery. Surgery don't feel good. Ain't no anesthesia tonight either. Come on, somebody. No anesthesia. Come on, somebody. Raw surgery. Raw surgery. We talk about shifting, shifting, and moving and changing. Infrastructure. So that it can last. We're not temporary or a place of emotion. I said, get out of his face. Where the mothers of the, door of the church that could rebuke you without you leaving the church? They rebuked us into order. 
They corrected us into purification. Amen, somebody. Oh, see, now this, this new church, they want to sleep around and smoke and dip and dip, and nobody can say nothing. Come on, somebody. You never shift. And they wonder why there's so much chaos in their personal life. You got to let God work you and purge you and cleanse you and make you whole and take some correction. I don't like this preacher. She didn't, she didn't make me shout today. I, I, Pastor Mercy, she was shift. They kept rank. They knew who they were. So a couple of times I walked in meetings and they had a little funny look. I said, I look, I said what's wrong with your face? Look at your face. I can put you out of here. I can stop the whole service. Did y'all know that? We can sh- see, I'm talking about apostolic order, Bishop. See, this is the, why the church can't shift. Because people don't know who they are. They don't know who we are. They don't know who they are. We can stop the whole service, send everybody home, lock the door, and you can't do a thing about it. Somebody say apostolic order. We want to shift the body of Christ into order. We need some rank and some proper authority in place. My God, they're trying to silence the leaders who carry prophecy. The leaders carry prophecy. The fivefold in every church, my God, you have the power of God in your belly. If you don't preach, they are men most miserable. They kept rank. I'm a private. Private, why are you in the pastor face? Why are you talking to the general, the five-star general? What you got to impart into him? Somebody said they kept rank. You don't prophesy to the bishop. They kept rank. You don't lay hands on the bishop. They kept rank. God ain't showing you nothing about the bishop. They kept rank. Close your mouth and do what? Keep rank. Brother Lawrence, I found this out because I've been a daughter since I got saved. I got a daughter anointing on me, honey. I got this piece. I knew how to stay under. I said, under. I said, I've been working out so I can do this, y'all. Boom. Been boxing too. Huh? I got under. It means to get, to keep right me. You get under. See, 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 because I can't master me if I'm trying to control you. And self-mastery is your number one job in life. Come on, somebody. I must master me before I can try to master anybody else. Amen, somebody. They kept what? Rank. My time looking. See, maximum impact. Shifting. When you talk about maximum, I, I, I dissect words. That means it can't really go no higher than this. So to get something to the max, you have to go the extra mile. So I said, that, I said, you know what, 2020. Excuse me, man of God, this is all for the ladies. I said, ladies, this is my finest ever year. Amen, somebody. Huh? 
lose all the weight, build the muscle, get fit for the gospel. Come on, somebody. So I said to my trainer, whom I hired and paid money I didn't have, I need that money to go somewhere else. I said, I want to take my body to the max. I don't give it take me two years. He said, mercy, to get your body to the max, you must respect principles. If you eat more than you burn, a fit body is nothing but a dream. Come on, somebody. He said, mercy, you can eat right and never work out, and you will not be at the max. He said, it takes both. He said, now you told me, mercy, you want to take your body to the max. So that means, listen to me, church, tonight. You must be willing to do what others refuse to do. Come on, local church. We must be willing to go the extra mile. We must be willing to have the Daniel 6 anointing, which said Daniel had an excellent spirit. He did things different than his counterparts. Hallelujah. So therefore, he was set over all the priests, all the leaders. He was at the top. Why? Because he went the max. We want maximum impact in our church, in the kingdom of God. We must be willing to do what others refuse to do. So what did I do? I changed my host. I'm there. I got a lot to do. I don't need another thing to do. So every morning I'm up. First person I see after Jesus is the trainer four days a week. I wanted to go five, but I couldn't get my Fridays right. I said, four days a week. He said, Mercy, you're doing better than most. 30 minutes of high-intensity training. My bicep's so tight right now. Y'all ladies can feel it after church. Men can't touch it, but ladies can. Oh, honey, my biceps is fierce. They fierce, honey. Four days a week. What am I saying to you? To, see, the word max is a challenge. Our bishop says to us that we need to shift to make maximum impact. So according to David's blueprint, it took people. It took people who respect the principles to get in their position, to stay in rank and do what you do. When we put it all together, we come to church. This Sister Usher, this Brother Parking Lot, this Brother Sound Tech, we, we, what a sound guy. We shouldn't be asking what a doggone sound guy is. <laughs> what a music guy. We, we, the worship leader, the speaker, we put it all together. Come on, somebody. We got a missions trip. The, the budget, what, what's the budget for the next mission? What's the budget for the next mission trip? Do you have any idea? The, the budget for your next mission trip? The upcoming. 5000 Somebody said, chump change. Now, he can pay it himself, but that's, he should not have to. If I give 200, you give 50, you give 100, you can only give 20. You put all that together, you don't have 5K, you got about 7 to 8K. 
that will bleed over into the next project. You see, I'm talking about making maximum impact. If it's impacted maximally, you're going to see a monetary increase in the name of Jesus because the principle is there. Talk back to me tonight. Amen. It says these men, they knew how to keep rank. And lastly, they were not of a double heart. This is not just a brand new year. This is a brand new decade, which has unique challenges built within it. The Father needs people in position who are single-minded for the vision and to get excited about the vision of Tabernacle of Praise. Who knows what is the central thing? What is the central heart of this church? What is it? Shout out one word. What is, what is it? What is it? Who's clear on that? Everyone's clear on that, right? Missions require money. So this is why I come to do with my faith tonight. Now, there are good people in this church that give. All right, I know this. There's some good folk here that believe in everything Bishop does. But when you talk about shifting, I'm making a challenge to those even outside of Tabernacle that as the Lord speaks to you, that you sow into the Bishop's work. The Empowerment Center already lined up. I already got my instructions for 2020 for Empowerment Center to do, to sow into this. Because... As he takes this Acts 13 anointing, glory to God, and go to the uttermost parts of the earth, and some of you are going to go with him. There are some of you men of God that are here that want to go on missions trips. Who, who's that? You want to go, but sometimes the money's not there. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's about to be a financial shift. One thing I do have is faith for money. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Somebody said financial shift. You're talking about maximum? You, you want the maximum? See, when you align yourself to the principles, increase happens. So he says, he says, mercy, you're doing great. You're eating small meals a day. You're not eating sugar. You're drinking water. You're working out. You're doing all the right things. Hallelujah. Praise God. He said, now you're going to see increase in your body. You're building muscles that have been dormant for years. There's always increase with alignment. There is always increase with alignment. So, Bishop, this is what I'm going to do tonight. Because he said shifting. Where's that verse in Acts that you, you, you emailed me? For so the Lord has commanded us, saying, I have set you to be a light to the Gentiles that you may bring salvation to the uttermost parts of the earth. I've been giving seed to mega churches for years. That's all we knew to do. I didn't know Bishop. Let me tell you what I've been praying for years. 
I said, Lord, where are the local leaders that really respect the Great Commission? I've prayed that for years. Where are the local leaders that really respect the Great Commission? Because that's where I want to sow. Now, why is that only the mega churches? I, don't, I didn't know Bishop. I didn't know Bishop. I wish I had him. Because thousands would have gone to Bishop. I know Bishop now. I know Bishop now. And for those listening online, uh, uh, don't think I'm brown nose. Anybody here think, oh, she given to the first lady, she give to the bishop because she, let me tell you something. I live off seed. I'm a single mother with five children, two in college right now, three others finish school and work in their jobs. I don't have anyone helping me pay anything. Come on, somebody. I live on faith and seed. My mother taught me seed faith offering. And also, I live off of honor. I honor leaders. I'm giving you my secrets. I honor leaders. I never, ever get an attitude. I'm never disrespectful. Any leader in my life can rebuke me, correct me, come on, somebody, tell me about myself, and I would never be disloyal. Honor keeps me paid. Seed time keeps me paid. Prayer and consecration keeps me paid. I'm giving you my secrets. When the Lord said, to, when the bishop said, shift for maximum impact, I said, God, there's some money in there. Because to do a small church, y'all got a beautiful facility here, a small storefront is going to hit you about 3 k a month. So let's deal with the pink elephant in the room. Bush, if we're going to have some maximum impact, we're going to get us some maximum dollars coming through T.O.P. Come on, somebody. Say amen. I need folks to agree with me. I say agree. Now, now, please don't get afraid. We're not trying to take anything from you. I'm not here going to say, you know, do the Daniel 11 and 12 offering. Everybody give $112. I don't do stuff like that. I don't, do st I don't play games like that. I just don't. Now, not saying that, that you can't, God can't use somebody like that in an offering, but I don't do that. I come with a mandate and an assignment. Every time I leave my house, I come with an assignment. The challenge is this, to see the finances grow in every missions endeavor that's on the heart of the bishop. Whatever church he wants to build overseas, whatever countries that he hasn't said to anyone but first lady about, things are in his heart, but it takes money a plane ticket, $2,000, you got to pay for this. And then when you go overseas, they take everything from you. You don't leave with anything. Come on, somebody. Then you got to come back and pay for your church and your household. So talk back to me. So as I close my lesson tonight, I didn't come to make y'all shout. I came to drop our principles and to make the devil mad. Say amen, somebody. We're going to keep rank. I am not a missionary. I, I, I swallowed that pill a long time ago. I will go overseas if God sends me and I have an assignment. But God never deals with me about traveling the world. But I have a strong heart to finance those that do. I am keeping rank. 
So I said, Lord, let's start off tonight. Let's just start off tonight. I'm going to write a check for $200 out of my account, my personal account. I'm going to write another amount out of our ministry account. You guys have online giving, right? You have an online thing we can give to? Okay, I'll give from the ministry out of online. And then, Bishop, tonight, don't pay me anything. Sow whatever you're going to give the honorarium into your mission's work. I don't want anything. Tell something. Now, I got me a hotel up in Rock Hill. Paid it for myself. Paid for my own gas. Put your money where your mouth is. If you're going to accept an assignment, talk about some maximum impact. And the bishop, the Lord spoke to him and said, get Pastor Mercy to come. I'm honored by that. I want to be an impact. I want to be a part of the empire. Transparent right now. Those that really outside of this pulpit, My number one desire is not to even be in this pulpit and be up front and to be a, a set leader over anything. Those that know me know my number one desire is to push somebody else's vision. Am I right? Church, my church, my church. Yeah. And so tonight as I leave this podium, here, man, come get this. I thank God that I was called to this convocation and that Charlotte, that you open this door for me. Because now I can do what's been in my heart to do for many years. To sow into someone. That respects the go ye into all the world. That's why I say I get you, Bishop. I get it. I get it. I get it. It's not about doing church services. Excuse me. It's not about just us coming together and having a good time. He says, how far should our reach be? Guess what, Bishop? Your grace going to determine that. You, you, you're pretty much saying, well, okay, I can do ten nations. God will deal with you like that. And then guess what? The sons and daughters rise up. I'm not called to go to the Carolyn. See, but if he's called to go and to raise up sons who want to go, I don't want the sons to lack anything. So if the empowerment center can so consistently, hey, Jesus. We ain't no broke church either, y'all. It ain't a lot of us, but we ain't broke. They miss somebody. Tracy. Minister Francis, Minister Dawson, McCrimmon, a lot of my head leaders are here tonight. Elder McCrimmon, Elder McCrimmon, been back. Man, in my quiet place, I've been praying about this. Yes, and Lord, I go to conferences all over the nation. I've been everywhere. And I said, I'm like, you don't even mention Jesus' name. You don't even mention, I sat one day, I said, all these big name folks, I didn't hear his name one time. Big name folk and all this fancy stuff and all this eloquent preaching. No one ever talks about the Great Commission. No, so now I'm giving my monies to a mega church because they're the ones that all over the world, my church in Tulsa. 
My pastor's all over the world. Pastor Hagen, he's all over the world. They have churches everywhere, all over the world. I said, okay, they're doing the Great Commission. I can't go to Yugoslavia. I can't go to Russia. I can't go to Italy. But they're going, so I'm going to sow into that. I said, but God, they got millions coming in every year. I said, where are the local churches with the leaders who even articulate the Great Commission? Who says anything about it? The Bible calls that good ground. I would not stand before the Lord and have him say, all you did was have a good time at church. You paid worship leaders all this money. This fancy preacher, that fancy preacher, this fancy celebrity singer, you paid all that money, but here was my harvest laborer. Here was the one that was going around the world who was struggling to raise the money. You left him there dormant and empty, and you financed everything else that was futile. Solomon said futility of futility is uselessness. If it does not have a great commission Attachment, it is a one big combined waste of time. I know folk don't like this, and you ain't got to like it. Those that may be listening to me tonight, listen to me. If you're preaching and pastoring or whatever you're doing, singing in Jesus' name, please show us the great commission connection. So, so I can't go, right? But guess what? I am going. Every country you go, I get harvest from it. Come on, somebody. Every dime I sow, every seed I sow. In Palm and Center, y'all know we need God to do for us. This is our ground right here. Tabernacle Praise is our ground. This is where we sow. Somebody shout the victory. The whole church, until the Lord says differently, the whole ministry, all of us, we're going to sow into Tabernacle a praise. I came with an assignment, honey. I'm a daughter. Come on, somebody. Daughters push daddy's and mama's vision. So, Father, tonight, by the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord God that sees needs and he supplies way ahead of time, the God of increase the God of provision, the God that's even prospering households tonight. All those that are here that will receive this anointing, that my seed will be directly connected to a global vision, that this vision will never again lack anything, that every time I tithe, every time I give, every time I sow, hallelujah, my harvest is